InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Students in Asia consistently outrank American students. What are the reasons? And what can we do here in the U.S. to improve the academic performance of our kids? InfoTrack's Roy Mackey has the story. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Tarouk Lavelle is the author of the book World Class, One Mother's Journey Halfway Around the Globe in Search of the Best Education for Her Children. Tarouk, Pew Research reports U.S. students' academic achievement still lags that of their peers in many countries, especially those in Asia, who consistently rank among the best in the world. Tell us a bit about your personal story that led you to research this problem. Sure. So I'm the mother of three, and we set off to Asia in 2006 from New York City. And we came back to the U.S. in 2016 and put our kids in the local public schools of Palo Alto, California. But what happened in those 10 years overseas was that my kids were enrolled in the public schools of Hong Kong for four years, then Shanghai for two years, and then Japan for four years. And although originally... A work opportunity took us there to Hong Kong, and it wasn't education-related. I ended up enrolling in a Master's of Science program in comparative and international education while I was overseas, and then became an education journalist. And what ended up happening was both my professional, academic, and personal experience raising my kids opened up my eyes to what these schools are doing that are different from our common education practices in the U.S. So we have quite a bit to learn from them. Did you see a dramatic difference in every subject or in only particular things like math? Well, that's a great question because I do think that there is this misconception that they are only ahead in math. And I actually discuss in world class, there's an exam that's administered to 15-year-olds every three years by the OECD. And it shows that in reading, math, and in science, most of these East Asian countries are head and shoulders above the United States. Right now, I believe the test is administered to about 70 different countries and economies. And the U.S. sits squarely in the middle, actually, and is going down every three years in the rankings. And it'll be interesting this year in December when the uh, most current results are released. So it's actually not just math. And I can go into some of the practices that take place where it actually, they're effective across the board. Now let's get into it. Why do you think education in general in America is so far behind the rest of the world? Well, the first thing I would say is we have an equity problem, right? We don't fund our schools equitably, which means not giving $12 here and $12 there. It's We have such vast differences socioeconomically, culturally, linguistically within this country that It's going to cost more to educate a child who needs more support to may not have them at home than it'll cost in the public school system to educate, let's say, a child who comes from a socioeconomically advantaged background with educated parents. And so what we do in the U.S. is we fund schools and the public schools basically with our local tax dollars. So the general model in the U.S. is 45 percent local taxes, 45% state and 10% federal. And that's an average number. It's not the same for all states, but we don't therefore equitably educate our kids. I would say the second thing that we don't do well enough, unfortunately, is that teachers are not being recruited or trained the way they should be. And, you know, a lot of people are quick to blame teachers, but it's not their fault. Credentialing happens at the state level. And 
Though some would argue that they are not paid enough or it's such an easy job because they get summers off, actually, we don't do enough to recruit our best and our brightest out of college to become teachers. And we have like a what's called like a dripping bucket. Basically, there's such a high attrition rate where the teachers that even come into the profession leave at a higher rate than they do in countries in East Asia. So we really have to invest more in the actual training of our teachers and keeping them in the profession. You did touch on this, but you're right that students in the United States are affected by socioeconomic backgrounds more than students from these other developed nations. Is it because of the federal funding versus the state and local funding, or are there other factors involved there? Well, I would say the funding is the number one. And I would say that in China, it's still a developing country, so they are grappling with equity issues that are pretty serious. So, for instance, when you go to a first-tier city like Shanghai or Beijing, they have a lot more funding for their schools versus maybe the far more socioeconomically disadvantaged provinces like Gansu. And Japan, you're right. It's much more homogeneous than the U.S. It's 99% homogeneous ethnically. And they do practice equity in a very different way. So let me give you a few examples. In Japan, in the elementary schools, teachers are moved around every two to three years from school to school. And that's within the district or within the prefecture. So what I'm saying here is you don't have the good school with the good teachers and the bad teachers at the lesser performing schools, let's say, because they're constantly being moved around. And then what you also have is teachers in Japanese elementary schools moving around from grade to grade. So you don't have, you know, a common practice in the U.S. is to have the third grade teacher teaching third grade for maybe 10, 15, 20 plus years in his or her career. In Japan, that doesn't happen. The teachers move around when they're teaching second grade, the next sixth, the next fourth. So you don't, again, have kind of the good classroom and the bad classroom. It's constantly shifting and the teachers are being trained professionally to understand what's coming into their classrooms and what classes they're going into. So there are a lot of practices that we don't engage upon in the U.S. that we could learn from overseas. Something they do in China also is that the higher performing schools take over and actually manage and become like the big sister of the lesser performing schools. And basically the reputation of that more well-performing school is on the line for the outcomes of the lesser performing school. So there are a lot of practices that we can learn from that take place overseas that we just don't do in this country. So yes, in this country, it really comes down to funding and funding teacher training and investing in that. Taru, just to sort of wrap things up, do you have any final words of advice for parents and particularly people who are listening to this thinking, this all sounds good, but you know, what can I do as one person? What I tell parents is, fortunately or unfortunately, you just have to roll up your sleeves and get into it and watch what your kids are doing. If you can, as often as possible. If you can, every day. If you can't, once a week, on the weekends, at the very least. And talk to them about what they're learning, what the specific content is, how it's going in the class. Are they doing their homework? Talk to the teachers. You have to have the good balance between kind of harassing the teachers, which no one likes that, to being in touch with them so you know how your student is functioning. And if you see their holes in the curriculum or that they're not having to learn arithmetic or grammar or that they're only required to read three books in the academic year when they should be reading a lot more, then parents just have to get involved 
and supplement that. And I can tell you, the education systems in other countries are not perfect. Parents will complain about every system all over the world. But the big difference is where I was in Shanghai and Japan is that parents were 100% focused on their kids' educations and they never left it up to the schools. So even when those schools were high-performing, the parents were heavily, heavily involved in scaffolding that formal education. Taruk Lavelle, the author of the book World Class, One Mother's Journey Halfway Around the Globe in Search of the Best Education for Her Children. Taruk, do you have a website? I do. It's Taruk Lavelle, T-E-R-U, C-L-A-V-E-L dot com. Well, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you so much. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.